Happy Friday, everybody. The NBA in-season tournament bracket has been set, so Patrick and I are making our official predictions after kind of uh, not doing so well to begin with on those. We're doing our way-too-early MVP ladder at the quarter mark, so why not compare some MVP candidates? Let's get into foul trouble. James. Patrick. It's such a pleasure to be here with you today. I've, I've really been looking forward to this episode. Um, as anyone that has listened to this podcast would know, me and James have really planted our flag between two teams. Me, the Timberwolves, James, the Thunder. And we made a bet or very early on. Very early on in the show. That whoever lost in the first matchup, we would have to wear the jersey of the opposite team. So James, I have your Carl Anthony Towns jersey right here. I know he's one of your favorite players. Yeah. I, I'm not a big cat guy. I've never been a big fan of uh, Mr. Towns mm -hmm. um, in his game. Hey, at least it was a good game. Great game. It was a great game. Let, let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Just, um, I mean, two of the top teams in the West playing in an in-season their final in-season tournament game. This is very... I'm um, struggling to put this jersey I, on. I know. You're, like, trying to do it in a phone booth. Um, but I just wanted to, like, highlight Rudy Gobert a little bit. Yeah, Rudy was awesome like, in that game. The first time that we've seen Chet look like a rookie, I think, was, was that game. Um, but seeing Chet, I didn't realize. I didn't, I didn't, like, put two and two together that Chet playing against the Timberwolves in Minnesota would be Chet's big homecoming. Because uh, um, for those of you that don't know, Chet Holmgren is from Minnesota. He was Minnesota Mr. Basketball in 2021. And that sent me on this huge deep oh, dive. Oh, you didn't know that Minnesota views him as a traitor? I, I didn't know that. <laughs> but this is like, so a couple times in NBA history, we've had really awesome player versus hometown team rivalries. And I compiled a list and I just want to get your opinion of like, could this be the next great one? And what is the best player versus hometown team rivalry of all time? Okay. Do any come to mind when I say it? Or do you want me to list out the five that, that I was able to think of? I mean... Do you view rivalry in like a fun sports sense? Because Russell Westbrook versus the citizens of Los Angeles has become an all-time <laughs> beef. <laughs> that is true. Um, he is hated by his hometown. <laughs> Russ didn't make my list, um, but that is a very good one. Okay, so like, so the number one, and I think probably my favorite is Isaiah Thomas, 80s Isaiah Thomas, Versus Chicago. Of course, he's like legendary high school basketball on the west side of Chicago. And then Hated. drafted by the Pistons. Hated by the Bulls. And it's just like bad boys Pistons versus young MJ. They played four times. Zeke won three of those playoff matchups. Another Chicago one, Dwayne Wade, our guy, versus Chicago. They played also four times. And Dwayne Wade also had... A 3-1 record against them in the playoffs. Um, a less competitive one, but I think one that we... Probably the best one of the last, like, 15 years, Dame versus the Warriors. 
Um, of course, like iconic Oakland guy. Um, he played the Warriors um, three times in the playoffs. Do you know his lifetime record in the playoffs against the Warriors? Like games or series? Games. Let's go like two and 14. Pretty close. One and 12. <laughs> Oof. Okay. Yeah, very rough. Um, then I got Magic versus the Pistons. Of course, they played twice in the finals. Um, and then my last one, Mr. Basketball of 1995, Paul Pierce in California versus the Lakers. They met in the finals twice, obviously, one and one. When I list those out, what do you think is like the best one of all time? Ooh, the best one of all time. Like player versus their hometown. I mean, I guess I'll go Pistons and Magic Johnson. Okay. Yeah. Just because yeah. Magic also went to Michigan State. You know, he was kind of like Mr. Michigan before Lakers. You know, mm-hmm. with like Chet, I've heard that a lot of Mich- like Minnesota people feel him as a traitor because he didn't go to U of M. And I don't know if that's a Midwest thing because I know Tyler Hero got a ton of flack for not going to like a Wisconsin school too. I, um, I almost put Tyler Hero versus the Bucks, Bucks on, yeah. on this, but uh, I didn't feel like he had quite the uh, cachet yet. But yeah, I, I think that is a that is a great choice. Also, one of my favorite things about like the Magic versus Isaiah thing is like two of the top four point, point guards. guards of all time, and two of the four worst GM presidents <laughs> of all time. Yes, that is true. <laughs> um, so, so what do you think? Is could do you think this could be no on that list? No? I don't think Chet is going to get up. You, I feel like to be in this conversation because look at the names you brought up. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think Chet's really good. He might go down as one of the best three big men shooters ever. Um, but he's not going to go down as a Magic Johnson level player. I, I, I you, don't, you don't think he can scrape Dame level? I, I mean, he could scrape Dame level, but Dame wasn't my pick. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, that was just the deep dive that I wanted to, to, to touch on in season tournament. We're to the knockout rounds. We are. Um, yeah. So which, which of the four games are you most excited for? We have Suns at Lakers, Pelicans at Kings, Knicks at Bucks, and Pacers at Celtics. I mean... You know my answer. It's the Suns, right? For it's you? the Suns versus the Lakers. What What about you? Um, you know, I think all of these are weird matchups. I did a little bit of a for the West. So the Lakers are two zero versus the Suns, but Booker didn't play in the games. The Pelicans are two zero versus the Kings. Both of those were in New Orleans. All in the last ten days, they have played these games. Yes. Um, the Knicks and the Bucks. So the Bucks already beat the Knicks in their in season tournament game, and Celtics Pacers is like the. Is the like Pacers could beat or lose to anybody on any given night, and the Celtics are the best team in the NBA at the moment. So, you know, oddly enough, even though it's the two smallest teams, I think the one that has the most potential to be like a really fun game is Pelicans Kings. Yeah, I'm excited to see Pelicans Kings, and it's our first chance to see this is the biggest game of Zion's career, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so. Right? I mean, like, what else would even compare? Maybe would, like third round of March Madness. Yeah, 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 third round of March Madness. I was thinking. That first game that Zion played against the Lakers, uh, his rookie year, uh, that was like a pretty big and uh, highly watched game. Uh, do you want to roll through each one of these and kind of like pick, l- pick, picks, pick yeah. like lay out anything else we're excited about yeah. in these games? Let's do it. So Suns at Lakers, I'm guessing you picked the Suns. Um, I did pick the Suns. I just feel like after two fourth quarter um, collapses by the Suns in the last two times they played the Lakers. Um, the Suns, they just gotta, gotta get this one. I'm worried though. Devin Booker, 
rolled his ankle a little bit in the game against Toronto two two nights ago. So we will see if he plays. Of course, if he doesn't play, I don't know if the Suns have a real shot, but Devin Booker loves to play big games in Crypto.com Arena. He's won three playoff series against the Lakers and Clippers. Um, if he's there, I've got I've got him. Who do you got? So do I think the Lakers can go 3-0 and versus the Suns? And honestly, no, but you know what? I've been riding the Lakers. I've been the Lakers uh, truther this whole time. I picked the Lakers. I think I think the one thing that made me think about it was in those first two games where Booker didn't play, the Suns did have these crazy scoring halves. So it's not like they could actually improve too much upon that, even with another player in that place. So, you know, I'm not putting a lot of thought or deep analysis into these games, to be honest. I'm just I'm just going to roll with the Lakers. I think Anthony Davis is going to have this is going to be the good AD game. This is going to be the up AD game. Yeah. I, I do think that there's some added um, like juice to it for LeBron in that he really wants to own the Las Vegas team. So he he has to get to get Vegas. His foot in the door. He's got to get his foot in the door. He's got to get his face in front of all the Las Vegas NBA fans. So I'm a, a little bit worried about that. But um, I'm banking on on Booker and Crypto, the arena which he owns. All right. Pelicans Kings. Uh, Pelicans Kings. So Pelicans, as I said, 2-0 versus the Kings. Both games were in New Orleans. Zion kind of scored pretty easily, pretty efficiently in both of these games. But again, not putting a lot of thought into these games. I'm going to go roll with the Kings. I am right there with you. This game is being played in Sacramento. Yep. Like the Sacramento fans, they're going to be out. They're going to have their cowbells. They're going to be going absolutely crazy. So I would be shocked if they're not lighting the beam. By the end of the night. Yeah, and I think De'Aaron's at least proven. I know they lost in the first round, but he was awesome versus the Warriors in the playoffs last year. This game will have a little bit more of a playoff setting. I think that benefits the Kings a little bit, but I don't know, man. This game could go either way. That's why I think it's low-key the most exciting of the four. Yeah, I, I'm with you. The um, the Alvin Gentry Bowl, if you will. Um, and can we just say De'Aaron Fox is like awesome. Amazing. Yeah, he's 30 really points good. a game, uh, almost six assists, like... He's not. I I assume he's not going to come up in our uh, MVP ladder. MVP no. ladder later, but um, that dude is so good. Uh, yeah, he's, he's amazing. just so good. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we've got um, Suns or Suns or, or Lakers, Lakers and Kings and Kings in this in the second round. Um, do you want to do the West first or finish the first round? Let's let let's pick uh let's let's do the west and then we'll go over to the east all right so in my hypothetical lakers versus kings i think maybe you've seen the stat weird stat demonis sabonis is 8-0 all time versus anthony davis i feel like that's a very fluky stat i cannot believe that's a real stat uh and since i said ad is going to have the good ad game versus the suns i'm going to give the bad ad game versus the kings uh-huh. and i'm going to pick the kings to beat the lakers wow that's an insane stat. <laughs> I know. Is that real? That is real. What? <laughs> That's crazy. AD, sh- AD should like get taken off the NBA 75 list until he can beat Demonis Sabonis. I agree. Like, I, <laughs> I, how do we send that into the NBA? Um, okay. Uh, it's so hard to so- take to take my heart and my head away from each other right now. But um, look. In this world where Devin Booker is healthy and won this game against the Lakers, I have to take them against the Kings as well. Um, Keegan Murray has been um, not healthy as of late. 
So I guess they're throwing Harrison Barnes at KD, which I don't love for the Kings. Uh, Vegas is a lot closer to Phoenix, so I think they're going to get some of those fans there. So I will pick the Suns to move on to the finals. Okay, so you have the Suns and I have the Kings. Moving to the East, Knicks at Bucks. Um, yeah, I picked the Bucks. I also picked the Bucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they already beat the Knicks. The Knicks offense, you know, is it, it could improve. I feel like people are kind of overblowing how bad I think the Bucks defense is personally. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been the numbers are not kind to it. 21st in defensive they're not, rating. They're not kind, but if, if any team is not really going to blow the doors off a team like this, it's not I just don't think the Knicks are going to have some crazy 125 point game in this one and Giannis is just really on it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, I think uh, Giannis and Dame in a big game, I like a lot more than RJ Barrett. In it's in Milwaukee, which mm-hmm. I think the Milwaukee fans will really show up for it. And the way the Knicks win these games is it's all based around their like hustle and rebounding. And I think the the Bucks have enough size to make that really really difficult for them. So um, I, I mean, I I also picked the Bucks, but. I think this is going to be a really, really fun game. Yeah, I think it could be fun. I think it could be a blowout, though. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I just feel like the Bucks are always in these, like, dogfight games. Weird games. Yeah, that's true. And, and like, there's there's got to be some Dame time. There's, like, this has a chance to be Damian Lillard's real, like, welcome to Milwaukee. Like, I'm here. I'm owning the... I'm owning myself as the Bucks like superstar B now. Yeah, I, I love the I love Damian Lillard in this like March Madnessy type setting. All right, final game: Pacers at Celtics. Again, I didn't I didn't really do a lot of deep dive analysis in these games. These like single games. I I just picked the Celtics for the best team in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can make it as easy as that, and uh, <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, this is the number one office offense in the NBA. Versus the number one net rating team in the NBA, um, the the only time that they played this year was when the Celtics absolutely massacred them, one fifty five to one hundred four. But Tyrese Halliburton wasn't playing in that game, so that's a wash. You can kind of throw it out. Um, I think the Celtics are going to blow them out, though. Okay, cool. So I'm glad our brackets the same on one side. Who yeah. do you have in this Bucks Celtics matchup? You want to know what my note is? What's your note? I wrote. Giannis goes off, comma, no rational thought. Yeah, I just, I don't know, one single game. I feel like, you remember that meme about Giannis, how he's the biggest, like, quote-unquote tryhard in NBA All-Star history? Mm. I feel like just Giannis is going to do one of those, like, 45 Giannis bombs. I don't, I'm just feeling it. I just, I got Giannis vibes flowing through me. Yeah. Giannis I, takes over. <laughs> you, you're kind of talking, I, I, I didn't think at all about, like, later into the tournament, I figured we would talk it out and you're really talking me into this just like <laughs> with no backup no Giannis, stats i have no evidence to back up anything i'm saying i'm just i got Giannis vibes flowing through me <laughs> I, I also feel like we are um like there's got to be a, a jason tatum stinker in, in here somewhere and i feel like it could be against the bucks so um yeah why not that would be fun Right. I like that better than so, just the Celtics. Like just just to just abs- going chalk. Exactly. Yeah. Because if the Celtics now my agenda is getting involved in this, but if the Celtics just run through the in season tournament, then I feel like the rest of the season is just like 
okay, well, like, they're the guys. They're inevitable. Like, they're inevitable. Until What's going to happen? <laughs> um, all right, so you have Bucks Suns. I have Bucks Kings. I didn't actually write a team down. I, I guess I'm just going to pick the Bucks. Okay. I'm going to pick the Bucks. yeah. Yeah. Um, mm, oh, a 2021 finals rematch. I'm... Fuck it. I'm going with the Suns. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. We're getting our revenge. Devin Booker is going to hoist the NBA Cup over a, a crying Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I don't know why. It's just... <laughs> it's been foretold in the prophecy. It's been foretold in the prophecy. And they, and they want it. They just want it. Yeah. Well, it's going to be really funny when we get a uh, Pelicans-Pacers final, but... I will sign up for that every day of the week. Oh my god, I would. I, I'd be really fun if Zion like managed to will his team to victory. I yeah. feel like it would be. It would like put him back on the map. How do you think the NBA feels about their um, final eight? Um, I think the NBA is happy that there's going to be a national exposure for Halliburton. Like, it's a good thing we're getting Halliburton versus a big, relatively big market team, and not like a. Obviously, this couldn't happen, but like a Pacers Pelicans would be like the NBA's worst nightmare where it's like we're not they're not getting to showcase either guy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they're happy the Lakers are in it. If they get a Lakers Celtics finals, I mean, that would be the that'd be the coolest thing ever. That would be amazing. I, I think the West side was like if the Warriors were able to make it through, I think this would have been maybe the ideal West bracket for the NBA. Because, of course, you got Suns and you got Lakers. That's like your old guard stars that you know are going to work. You got Zion and then you got um, Steph. But obviously that didn't happen. Um, but the Kings are fun. Lighten the beam. More the people need to know about it. Nine and then a um, bonus. <laughs> you, got, you got New York. You got Damon Giannis. You got the Celtics. I, I don't know how, you feel, how they feel about the Pacers. But, yeah, I mean... I think I think the NBA it's it's good that the Pacers are going to have an opportunity to show Halliburton on national TV because there's a lot of NBA fans who know about Halliburton but have not watched him yet. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure they've like seen the ESPN and House of Highlight House of House of Highlights House of Highlights, yeah. Um like packages about him. Yeah, I I th I hope people really fall in love with him over this um over this experience because he he's just such a fun player to watch. How did you feel about um, the Celtics hack a Drummond? I loved it. I did too. Yeah, like I just think the Bulls need to stop complaining about point differential and just do something about it. I yes, like <laughs> dude, you're an NBA player. You know the rules. Like they're like, oh well, this point differential thing is taking away from the integrity of the game, bro. If you're done trying because you're losing, that's their own integrity in your game either. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like I've seen a lot of pushback to the point differential thing. And I just and it's all from teams that suck. Exactly. <laughs> I, I just don't get it. Stop being bad at basketball. Stop being bad. And like the integrity of the game is like the buzzwords that we've seen over and over again. Like you laid it out perfectly. What what has more integrity than playing the full 48 minutes? Yeah, like again, the Celtics got in because of their point differential. Like they needed to do that. So what are the Celtics supposed to do? Just not try to make it? Yeah, I, don't I mean, know. but that's that's the difference between a team like the Celtics, right? They're the best team in the NBA right now. They're killing it, and a team like the Bulls. That's like, with all due respect, it's losing culture, losing players. Like, 
I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say. I know we're we're saying all this. We're we're giving the Bucks you know, I don't so have much. To, I don't love. have to apologize. Bulls fans hate this team. The Bulls are a bunch of losers right now. Yeah, like straight up, it's a losing team with losing players. There's a reason they're not going to get a big haul for DeRozan, Levine, or Vucevic. Like, they don't win. DeMar DeRozan had like a negative point differential for the first like 10 years of his career. When he was on the court, his teams were always worse. And the one game that they do win against a good team is last night when they don't have Levine or DeRozan. Two guys that like are supposed to be their tentpole stars. Well, they go out and beat the Bucks in a very highly competitive game without either one of them. Maybe like that is what they need to rebuild like a normal team. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I don't know. I'm, I I feel like we do need to have a Bulls discussion at some point during the season. There, but I just I don't like talking about that team. They're just not a fun team to talk about for me. Yeah, no. I mean, aside from fake trades, which I love, there's. Not really a lot that I would want to talk about. I mean, there's no fun young players. Um, and then their older players are just a little whiny, whiny, bitter. I was going to say, um, yeah. But hey, Bulls fans, I am rooting for you guys to get a good player. I will say, growing up as a Heat fan in my formative years, the Bulls were always a team. I just, them and the Celtics, I always despised. But the Bulls are kind of like the Knicks in that the NBA as a whole is a lot more fun when the Bulls are good. Like when the Bulls are part of like the national discourse and the media and they're like beefing with Heat fans, it's a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and but to be honest, the Bulls are one of the teams that I will never, ever, ever feel bad for their fans when they're not good because they got six championships in the 90s. Okay, but not a lot of people who are, you know, younger people want to watch those. I, I don't care. I don't care. You got six championships in like modern NBA. Like no, all things have to even out. But would you rather would you rather the Suns have four championships in the 80s or one that you got to watch? I mean <laughs> I, I don't know. As I, I can always go back and watch, but I, I'm a sicko. <laughs> so I, I would go back and watch those four championships. Wow, I'd I'm I'm just like picturing like the Walter Davis Paul Westfall championship runs that I'm just <laughs> sitting and combing over. Um, okay, let's talk about our MVPs. Let's talk about MVPs. We're getting way too deep into it. Okay, so um, me and James have prepared. Each of us have prepared five man MVP ladders up until this point in the season. Um, do you want to shout out any names that didn't didn't make your list? Yeah, I mean LeBron. Yeah. He's kind of just been the whole heart and soul of the Lakers in a season where it feels like Anthony Davis really hasn't put his footprint on the team. It kind of feels like Reeves has taken a step back. Um, just feels like LeBron has really kind of carried that team, but I did not have him in my top five. Yeah, um, I, LeBron was a late cut for me as well. I also want to shout out KD. Like, absolutely incredible season thus far. 31 points a game on 51, 49, 89 shooting. Like, that's just absolutely sick also Devin Booker um I feel like he has had an amazing season thus far he's averaging um career highs in points rebounds and assists for me at this point he just hadn't played yeah. enough um, um I guess another guy I didn't have on my five he's probably on a lot of people's fives I didn't have Shea on my five Shea's just balling wow okay I'm very interested to see who your five are now 
All right. Um, you want to get into it? Who yeah, let's get five? into it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, who did you have for number five? I had Jason Tatum. Okay. Um, he's averaging 27.7, 8.8, 8, and 4.1. He's the best player on the best team in the NBA. Um, I wrote a weird slash fun stat for everybody. And so the one thing that I don't like about Tatum is there's just sometimes I watch the Celtics and I'm like, why does Jalen Brown have 10 more shot attempts than him? I want my MVP to be the assertive go-to guy, especially when his main value is scoring. Um, one of those weird Tatum stat. Yeah. Celtics are four and three when Tatum takes eight threes or less. The Celtics are 10 and one when he attempts nine threes or more. Wow. So when it's just his general field goals, it is actually split. The two losses are both even, but the his like three lowest field goal attempt games are where the two losses are. So there is a trend where when Tatum is less involved, the Celtics aren't as good, which to me, like over the course of the season, I just want Tatum to kind of really round into the like, hey man, I'm the MVP level player on the team. Like, you know, I don't know. But Tatum's awesome, man. He's an amazing defensive player. He's a great rebounder. He's a, an amazing go-to scorer. Um, this is another year of incremental improvement for him. He's up 3% at his rim shooting percentage. He's up 5% at his mid-range shooting percentage. His three-point is up 2% over last year, and he's taking a ton of contested threes. It's kind of his shot profile. He's huge. Um, he's a dominating presence. I just I didn't want to move him up any further because I just feel like he is on such a stack team where his load is a little bit less than the four guys I have ahead of him. Um, but yeah, I have Jason Tatum. I feel good about that. Jason Tatum actually wasn't a part of, of my top five. And for a reason that you're kind of uh, hinting at right there, I just felt like his team is so stacked that they just don't need as much from him as the other like super, super marquee superstars in this league um, have like on their plate. So um, I actually had Luca at number five. Okay. Um, just a really awesome season this year. Uh, especially coming after the end of last season, we've talked a lot about like the cohesion with Kyrie Irving. It's really starting to work in a, in a really nice way that really makes sense for them. He's averaging 31 points a game, eight rebounds, almost eight assists, uh, a steal and almost a half. Um, and like he's third in the league in points per game, sixth in the league in assists per game. I just, I really like that he was able this season to scale back his usage rate just a little bit and incorporate Kyrie in like a really like not grifty way. Like it, Kyrie's not just getting like catch and shoot threes. Like he's able to create with Luca on the side. I mean, I don't have to. I've got Luca at number two, man. Hit you on Luca. Okay. So my my weird fun stat for Luca. Uh, so obviously, big thing with Luca. The Mavs are eight and one in games that go to clutch time. So games that are within the last five minutes that are within five points or less. Luca, the Mavericks are outscoring teams by three point four points when Luca's in clutch time. That like extrapolated is a massive. The Mavericks are by far and away like the best clutch team in the NBA right now. Yeah, I actually have like close to the yes. same stat um, right here. Here's a crazier stat. Luca has not turned the ball over once this season in clutch time. Well, and his shooting splits are 50 50 100. <laughs> Luka Doncic is so it, it's kind of crazy. I'm watching them versus Houston. And Kyrie is having a really good fourth quarter, right? He's like crossing guys over, he's hitting tough shots, and I'm like, "Wow, Kyrie's going off." And then they give the ball to Luca and it's just like, "Wow, Luca just scored effortlessly. Wow, Luca just bodied Sengun, who's a center." Wow, like Luca just did a behind a perfect 
behind the back pass into the shooter's pocket because they're so afraid of him moving off of a pick and roll. I think like, I think he's just right now. I think he's by far the best perimeter scorer in the NBA. Just the diversity of his shot profile, the efficiency, the strength, the size, like, I don't know. He's just on another level right now. Yeah. I mean, he's, you can go on and on and on about just how special of a player Luka Doncic is. But I think what you said about the clutch time is like the whole Luka experience. And it's exactly why they didn't work last year is because they couldn't figure out the clutch. And then you come into this year and it's just like gangbusters. They're eight and one in games where they're in the clutch there. And to be 11 and six with eight, Clutch time wins, like, it's just, he is such a such an amazing player. So I guess with Luca, what was the thing that made him drop all the way to five for you? Um, just, I mean, defensive impact, um, I think is huge. We, we've talked a little bit about, I think going forward, it's going to be really hard for, like, perimeter-oriented players to win this award. And... I agree with that. Like, it's yeah. just, especially in the regular season, it is so, 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 so valuable to be, to have like a little bit of rim protection or a lot of bit of rim protection as we'll like go over with um, some of my higher um, ranked candidates. Uh, this, having Luca at five is in no way saying that like he's not MVP worthy, but there's just a lot of MVP worthy Players, players, yeah, I will. Far. Yeah, of the five players I've chosen, he is definitely the worst defender of the bunch. Um, but all right, who did you have at number four? I had Shea Gilgis Alexander. All right, um, so Shea is averaging 30 points a game, six rebounds, and six assists. He's on the three seed in the NBA or in the Western Conference right now. Um, one huge thing, like narrative wise, he has taken a team. He is the clear best player and he is a, he has elevated them to like in the conversation for a like contender in this league, which I think is a, a huge part of like the Shea candidacy. But what I was really shocked by looking over all of the, uh, all of the stats with Shea is I think Thus far in Shea's career, obviously he's a, a dominant scorer. Um, he's really he's been really great in the clutch. But what has been different for this season is I think hypothetically he's been a really good defender or a really good option on the perimeter throughout his career. But right now he is like at least the stats bear out. He is a dominant perimeter defender right now. He's leading the league in steals per game with 2.4. He is a top 10 in defensive rating. He is top 10. He is second in defensive box plus minus. And this is like to couple with all of his like super dominant um, offensive stats. He's um, third in free throw percentage, shooting 94% from the line. Um, it's just from like a big point guard he has given me everything that I've wanted. And when comparing him to someone like Luca, really he's giving you everything that Luca is giving you on the offensive side, but he's just like this huge pest on defense that's really changing the game. So I, I just valued it a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know if I quite agree he's giving you everything offensively that Luca is. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, maybe not quite as much. 
um, from like a creation for others standpoint. But like, I mean, like, especially like in the post-up game, like he's a 92 in the 92nd percentile, 1.26 points per possession on, on post-ups. Like this guy like stud. can score whenever he wants. And I mean, I do think he has a little bit of a better team around him than Luca, but um, the defense is where it, it really mm. separated for me. Uh, at number four, I had Giannis on Tentacumpo. There we go. I got him at number three. Uh, Giannis is averaging 29.8, 10.8 rebounds, 4.7 assists. Uh, one small thing I talked about kind of in an, earlier in the season was Giannis's efficiency kind of going drifting backwards subtly year over year. Uh, it's way up again. Uh, my fun Giannis stat, he has three games of 40-plus points on over 69% shooting. That hasn't been done in the same season since Jordan era uh, by one Michael Jordan and Karl Malone. Um, they're good. They're, those are pretty good they're guys. They're pretty good. Um, yeah, I think obviously there's been a lot of hubbubaloo about the Bucks defense being, what did you say, it's 22nd, 23rd right now? Yeah, 21st. In net rating, though, they're pretty strong. Their offense is really, really, really good. Giannis is just, he's kind of inevitable. Um, I don't know. I just feel like Giannis's impact on the game is just so, like, overwhelming in the paint where he's just this efficiency scoring monster two way i know as a team the bucks defense isn't great i also tried to see what the bucks defense just looks like in all Giannis lineups it's still not that great admittedly but i guess my list is a little forward viewing where i just feel like the bucks are going to kind of keep maintaining this winning percentage um going forward and yeah i just think versus tatum the reason i have him ahead of tatum is because i think there is a bigger load and i just straight up do think he is a better player than Jason Tatum I just think his like gravity toward the rim really opens the game up for Middleton and Dame like they had a close game versus the Heat the other day and Middleton actually ended up being the closer so I guess you could be like ah oh, well Giannis isn't closing but Middleton's getting these clean ISO looks because Giannis is just like keeping Bam so far out of the play and that's the thing the other team always has to divert their attention toward Giannis. It's kind of like the inverse version of Steph, where Steph is dragging these really good perimeter defenders away from the action, but Giannis is dragging all of the good interior defenders away from the action, which has a lot of benefits for his teammates. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I'm right there with you. I think the, the Giannis case right now is a little forward-leaning um, in that like he's been so good this season, but the scenario that he's been playing within just makes it so clear that he can be so much better. You know, I, like the the Dame Giannis thing hasn't been like the perfect fit thus far that it's so obvious that it, it could be. So I think like those efficiency numbers could get like even slightly better. Um, the defensive like metrics can get better. Like, and he's still, you know, he's third in defensive box plus minus, which I think is probably like, the, my favorite holistic like catch-all defensive stat um and like like you said the team results for um the defense in Milwaukee have haven't been amazing just yet but I think if you take Giannis out of that situation that's where they start looking like the trailblazers of the last couple of years you know um yeah I mean I just think I think he's the third best player in the league. So I, and I think he has super dominant numbers. So I put him at third. You really laid it out perfectly. Yep. Uh, yeah. Giannis is the man. Who um, do you have at third? I've got Joel Embiid. Okay. Okay. Because I had Luca too. Okay. Yes. Um, makes sense. So Embiid, 32 points, 11 rebounds, 6.6 .6 assists. 
Uh, my fun stat, he has not scored under 20 yet. Uh, the passing has taken a huge leap under Nurse. He's basically two assists over his career high this year. Um, he is one of the best, if not if not the best, like interior defender in the NBA when he's really trying. Obviously, if you have to quantify it with if he's really trying, it speaks for itself. But he's averaging 32 points a game. He's one of the best rebounders. He's probably the single most, if he has the ball, the other team goes, oh, shit, in the entire NBA because, like, you have to double him. Mm-hmm. Um, playing in this new movement system has really opened up his game now that he doesn't have to do as much self-creation, and he's such a good play finisher. Um, single-handedly, just one of the most impactful players on regular season winning we've seen since he came into the NBA. And, uh, yeah, I have him third. Yeah, I, I mean, one of my favorite things about Embiid's candidacy, I have him at two, is, like, he has a real, like, clear narrative to win MVP this year in that, like, really, like, the Sixers have been in deep, deep turmoil ever since the end of last season. And Embiid has just been that steadying, like, what's it called? That in the deep into the fog the of the ocean. He's the foundation. He is the um, the light in, in the sea where they can the Philadelphia fans can find refuge. He has just been such a calming presence. I've loved Embiid is leading the league in usage rate right now, which is just awesome for him. Like I love that he's been able to finally take on that like mantle of lead initiator in this 76ers offense. Um not lead initiator, but they're playing through him. He's the hub. Yeah, in a way that they didn't Mm -hmm. last year and a lot of the time with in the Ben Simmons era playing through him in a way that is involving everybody and not playing through him in a way that's like we gave you the ball at the elbow go score exactly like it's now it's like go get the team a score yeah um he is third in the league in contested two-pointers which I love like that just means like he's really like in the thick of things the one thing that kind of like sent up a little bit of a red flag for me is Embiid sneaky hasn't been great in the clutch this season. He's shooting 30% in the clutch, and they're a minus 23. Obviously, super small sample size for the Buck for the um Sixers. And a lot of that is because of the game one against the Bucks, where they just destroyed them in, in that clutch scenario. But I mean, this guy's leading the league in scoring. He is Absolutely. He just dominated AD so bad that he didn't have to play in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he's he's just such an amazing player, and um, and I've got him at two. Yeah, the main reason I had him at three behind Luca is that clutch thing, just because we've seen it with the Sixers when it does get to clutch time, the Sixers kind of want to get and beat the ball, and it seems like that double team out of that like kind of low block area, that mid like mid range area, always just it just always seems to discombobulate them to this day, even in this new system. Whereas. What separated Luca for me, just why I'm valuing the clutch with him so much, was I just feel like every possession, the Mavs have a good possession when he has the ball. And mm-hmm. even with Giannis, sometimes it's a little disjointed. Even with Tatum, sometimes it's like the ball doesn't seem to find him a lot in the clutch. Yeah. And that was the kind of slight edge I gave to Luca despite the defense. So that's a, a huge reason why I also didn't have Jason Tatum on the list is like in clutch situations, like it's the Celtics like him being there and obviously he can contribute. But they don't need him, you know? And I want my MVP to be really, like, needed in clutch time situations. It's like, get him the ball right now. He's our guy. Yeah, I guess I just didn't want to punish Jason Tatum for Jalen Brown having a hero complex. 
Like, it's not Jason Tatum's fault that Jalen Brown is like, oh, I'll just shoot a contested three with 20 seconds on the shot clock instead of giving it to Jason Tatum. Like, I think I just didn't want to penalize Tatum because I feel like a lot of it isn't on him as much as it is on Jalen Brown just not accepting he's the second banana on the team yet. True, true. And honestly, at the end of the day, I just feel like, and this is huge for Jason Tatum. I don't think he was always this way. But I think Jason Tatum is inching closer and closer to being that like 16 game player opposed to an 82 game player. I mean, like this is a guy who has an insane amount of playoff experience at this point. And I think it's just kind of like, I don't know. The playoffs are what I want to see out of Jason Tatum. Yeah, that's that's the tough thing with Tatum, right? Is like the finals and that heat series is like the finals. He's supposedly playing through a shoulder injury. This heat series, he kind of like rolls his ankle like a minute into game seven. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It's There is that little bit of an asterisk on his playoff failures that I'm kind of just like, all right, let's see like, you know, at the end of the season, what? Yeah, what that looks like because I don't I don't know if I want to totally dog on him for what, you know, appears to be like a shrinking sometimes. And this conversation is the conversation that everyone is saying that everyone is having about Embiid. And honestly, yeah, Embiid, too, he's always injured. Like, I just yeah. let's see Embiid healthy, you know? Yeah. So um, who do you have number two? I, I had Embiid. Oh, you had Embiid. I had Embiid. So we both had Jokic at one. Dude, this <laughs> Dude. guy. No, you want to know a crazy stat? Yeah. So. He has only had a negative plus minus in three games. So for perspective, Jason Tatum, who's the best player on the best team, has had a stretch of five games in a row with a negative plus minus. All season, the Nuggets have only been outscored three times when Jokic is on the court. Yeah. And Murray's been gone most of the season. What has been Jokic's biggest, like, detraction in the past in, in MVP conversations? It's been his defense. Right? Yeah. Uh, And I'm not saying he's bad at defense. He's not. But this season, literally every advanced metric says that he's been like one of the, if not the best defensive player in the league. He's leading in in defensive win shares, defensive box plus minus. Like this guy has, I think he's finally figured out a way to play with the size that he plays with on offense in like a more effective way on defense. And then the biggest thing that like, I think is a game changer for Jokic and, and why he's the clear number one, he's his rebounding. He's leading the league in rebounding right now. Like, and, and then he's also, so he's leading the league in rebounding. He's the best advanced defensive player metrics wise in the league. He's the best passer in the league and he's averaging 29 points per game he's also the best scorer in the league Just like, like straight up he's the best scorer in the league w- what else do you have to see yeah i will say the advanced stats have always loved Jokic on defense and it the eye test never quite backs it up um and i think i i think i did a deep dive into it once and a lot of it's like Jokic's ability to like make the other team not get a lot of like transition opportunities is a big part of what boosts his defense because his offense weirdly enough Jokic's offense is so good it makes the other team have to play way more half court possessions and that's actually one of the big reasons his defense tends to always grade out so well but to your point basketball isn't about like Who's that's good at defense? It's like, it's really just about, do you score more points than the other team? Some players do that by limiting the points the other team scores. Some players do that by just scoring a lot on their own. And Jokic, he's just the best player in the world. I like People have been talking about this in other podcasts, but like I feel like the gap between Jokic and whoever's number two is, is pretty much as big as it was like 
when LeBron was at his peak. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And the last thing I want to say about Jokic's defense and like what I think is the best functional part of it is his hands. And uh, yes, getting in quick hands, steals, swipes. Like, do you know what where he ranks in total deflections this season? I know. He, I know he always leads the NBA in kicked balls, which is a fun Jokic stat. He's second in total deflections this season. Like, he's like above like the Mikael Bridges of the world. Like, that's insane. Yeah, I I don't know what it is about Jokic where it seems like he's like he's definitely getting his respect way more than he has in the past. But I still feel like there's like a group of people that don't want to give the man his flowers, and I feel like. This is a weird thing. I think Jokic has just broken stats to the point where it's made people just stop respecting stats because Jokic has just literally broken all of the stats. No, I, I think that is exactly what it is. He He's like so dominant in these stats that it makes you not want to trust their validity. Yeah, like I don't know. it. It's Jokic is at the point now where it's like it's almost he's kind of ruined the MVP for me a little bit because like. Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Giannis, Tatum, Shea, LeBron James. Like, you put any of these six guys in, like, 2008. Maybe not 2008. That's one of those, like, LeBron years. But, like, put them in 05 or 06. I honestly think all six of them would have won MVP that year. Absolutely. Well, I think you can expand that list of players that would win <laughs> With MVP. a 2006 MVP. Yeah, like, it's just, like, I don't know, man. Jokic is just un. Real like forty three percent of his teammates' buckets are assisted by him when he's on the court. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I, you want to hear a scary thing about Jokic? Yeah. Do you know when he's shooting from three? It's kind of low this year. Isn't he's it? shooting thirty one percent from three right now. He's like a career like thirty five to thirty eight percent three point shooter. If he can get back up there, like. What's he going to start averaging, like, 32, 35 points per game? Yeah, I guess, like, this to me is, like, the real encapsulation of why Jokic is the MVP. Like, we always talk about, like, the passing, the system, the way he makes the whole offense go. And I feel like even for, like, the bag people, it's like, well, what's his scoring bag? Well, they had a close game against the Clippers where they're down by, like, six with, like, three minutes left. They just ran Jokic post up over and over and over and over and over again. And he scored literally every possession. They go on to win the game. And what people have to realize about Jokic, and this is why Jokic is truly the greatest score. Like, I think if Jokic and Embiid played 1v1, Embiid would dog him, right? But it's not a 1v1 game. The reason why Jokic is the best scorer isn't because maybe he's, like, the absolute best shooter or the absolute best finisher. Embiid might be an actual better finisher, but Jokic leverages his passing ability to get himself easier looks. That's the true difference to me between Jokic and Embiid, and I love Embiid, is Teams aren't afraid of Embiid's passing, and that's why they can get away with double teams. Teams do not double team Jokic because they're terrified of what they'll what he'll do if they do that. And because he generates these one v one looks, it makes him the more efficient, better scorer. Well, he he generates easy looks for himself. He generates easy looks for his teammates, and it's also like infinitely easier to get him and get him the ball in just like like. Easy yes, places. His, his catching ability is unreal. He's a great catcher. He can bring up the ball like uh, fr- from the half court super easily, and like you want him to have the ball in those situations. Yeah, it's one of those things too where someone asked me like, "Do you think he stat pads?" And I was like, "Jokic stat pads on accident." Because one of like another amazing about Jokic is like weird comparison, but like Zion when he came out of the draft, he's like, "Wow, his second jump is so good. He rebounds his own misses." I've never seen a player who's better at rebounding their own miss than Jokic, like yeah. in my life. Yeah, he he's super like I don't think there. I've seen a missed Jokic hook shot that didn't end up back in his own hands. <laughs> like if he misses, he just ends up scoring anyway. Yeah, 
I mean, 13.2 rebounds is like, that's game changing right there. Yeah. If, if he can keep that for the entirety of the season, like, oh, this dude is just. It's, it's like literally like the, the, the way you win a basketball game is you outscore the other team. Teams, even without Murray on, in the court, cannot outscore the Nuggets if Jokic is there. Like that alone to me just, I don't know. Yeah. That's impact. Like that's he's the a great. Also, screen assists. He's fourth in the league in screen assists. He's an amazing screener. It's like it's like if I don't know. He's like <laughs> if if Deion Sanders, like prime Deion Sanders, was also like Joe Montana. And like he played offense. He played defense. He's played special teams. Just like every he was the kicker. Like he he just affects the game in every single way that really matters. Yeah. All right. We we've thoroughly given Jokic his flowers. I mean, the guy's unreal. It, I mean, this is really a race for number two. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, it, it definitely is. I guess what is the scenario where Jokic could fall? Injury. Injury. I, I feel like I don't know if the if the Nuggets for some reason fell to like the fifth or sixth seed in the West then it becomes a little bit of a conversation for me. I guess the only reason, like, when I just see that stat that I brought up, that literally they've just never been outscored when he's been out there. But, like, you look at Tatum, it's, like, eight games. It's, like, even Embiid, it's, like, seven games. It's, like, all, Giannis, too. It's, like, eight. Like, that's the difference between Jokic and these guys. Like, the Nuggets just straight up win when Jokic is on the court. Mm-hmm. No matter who is around him, they just straight up win. And for me, it's, like... The best player impacts winning. It's not about individual stats, even though Jokic has the best individual stats. It's about, like, do you impact winning? And it's, like, just more than anybody else, he impacts winning. Like, I don't know. Like, I just don't – I guess I just don't really see the case that could work against him. Yeah, it's it's super tough. And and I'm kind of got, like, I don't know. I was was definitely leaning Jokic last season up until the last, like, couple weeks of the season – um, it seems right. It seems like he's the kind of player that needs three MVPs just for the level that, that he's reached. And if he wins a third MVP, like when you start talking about all time placement, I, I think even without a championship this year, like it, it's really hard for me to keep him out of like, and like he very well may win a championship, but I, he is very fastly approaching like top 10 range. Like I, I think the KD versus Nikola Jokic argument gets very, very real at that point. The Hakeem versus Jokic arguments get very, very real at that point. It will be super interesting when we get into the next, uh, next off season where Jokic sits. Oh, man, I think if Jokic wins a championship again this year and gets another finals MVP, like, I don't even think it's a debate versus those guys. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. I, if he wins a championship, abs- yeah, I would I would absolutely put him above a KD and I, I would put him above a uh, Hakeem. Um, and then and then it gets to those guys that it's really hard. It's really hard to like get over without like four championships like. Steph's right there, Larry Bird's right there, Magic Johnson's right there. But those are the kinds of players that we're talking about right now. Yeah, he he might be the best offensive player of all time. Like, just, I don't know. I know no one wants to say it, but it's just like there's, there's, we're saying there's more it. arguments for it than there are against it at this point. Yeah. All right, Patrick. Hot streak, shooting slump. 
Uh, every week we just talk about, do you have a hot streak or do you have a shooting slump? Yeah. Um, for me, I, I think I had a hot streak this week. I, I had a pretty good week. I'm, I'm feeling better, which I'm, I'm super happy about. Um, I mean, we only had one Suns game and the Suns lost, which was disappointing. But the Suns got into the in-season tournament, which is something that I was really cheering for. Then I got that little uh, Timberwolves over Thunder win. So... I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm a, I'm having a little bit of a, a hot streak. How about you, my man? Uh, I'm gonna say I had a shooting slump. Uh, yeah, just I don't know, just not. There's nothing about this week that screamed great week. You know, I kind of just worked every day. Yeah. Um, you know, didn't really. I feel like I could have been more productive. I've always, I've always get down on myself when I feel like I'm not getting enough done. Um. Yeah, I don't really have any stories from this week. Just kind of a malaise. You know, every week I do my little, like, NFL check-in on a hot streak shooting slump. The Giants freaking won again. Mm-hmm. Pissing. We're, like, we're taking ourselves out of the ability to even take a quarterback at this point. Um, you know, the Bills are, like, always been my satellite team during this era of NFL football. They lost to the Eagles. I hate the Eagles. Man, I I hate the Eagles. Yeah. I don't like them. Yeah, I, I've never been an Eagles guy either. I Like, I don't really have, like, a dog in the Eagles fight. But they're just one of those teams that like gives me bad vibes, you know? Yeah. It's like it's like Alabama football. I don't know why, but I don't like it. <laughs> just to test them. Yeah, I just don't like them. Um, yeah, what else was this shooting me? Sump. You know, I don't know. Oh, yeah, my step counter, man. My steps are so down. Ooh. So when I lived in the city, my average steps was about 6,000. So a bad step day for me would be about like 5,000. Dude, my, you want to guess what my average steps are since I've moved back to the suburbs? I'm like ashamed. No. I'm at 2,400. Ooh, you know, I moved into a neighborhood with a green belt, dude. I talked to my trainer. He's like, bro, you got to figure this out. You're settling down. I was like, why? I'm working out pretty regularly. Why have I been gaining weight? Walking 4,000 steps. Dude, I learned, you know, I bought a house, bought. I'm pretty locked in. I found out I don't I don't like green belts. I don't Hmm. dislike green belts, but I like walking in city streets way more. There's more stuff to see, more to do. Not a hot not a hot streak but a hot take it's like a it's like a shooting slope in the like damn i'm i'm in the burbs now yeah this is not the city life that i really really enjoy (laughs) you thrived on yeah um well i i hope it it heats up we've got a we've got a big day ahead of us we're shooting a, a very special every year round video Yes. Um, that I'm sure you guys can all guess if you really think about it. Yeah, my brother Jesse does 100 presents every year on YouTube. I'm sure all of you know about it. We're filming that later today. So um, that'll be fun. That will be fun. Max, you have a hot streak or a shooting slump? I'm kind of more on your wavelength this week with the shooting slump. Yeah, um, yeah just been working a lot, kind of tired. Uh, but hey, the Wolves are 14-4. and four. And I know you're wearing that Towns jersey, ironically, but he had a really great game against the Jazz last night. Super dominant. So... If you ever want to, you know, get rid of that jersey, hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, you guys can't see Max, but two of the three people in this room are wearing Timberwolves swag. (laughs) I feel like I'm like... We need to get some T-Wolves stuff for this set. We got to get something. Uh, Maybe something KG would be cool. Yeah. Or like... KG bobblehead. Yeah, KG bobblehead. Maybe I'll get like a framed um, photo of KG with the quote, LeBron is the GOAT. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Boston fans would hate that. Yeah, Boston fan. I think Bill Simmons would just like burst into flames. Hey, man, that's not a made-up quote. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, I hear you. Okay, well, 
This has been a fun episode. It's been a fun episode. Uh, way too early MVP rankings, which a random question. Obviously, we, we've kind of passed the NBA stuff. If you were to guess one player were to go really far up or really far down or to enter your list, or who would it who would it be? Hmm. I, I mean, I, I'm going with Devin Booker. Like the, I, I think he's got a real s- statistical like resume already. One of the the huge reasons why I didn't have him in there was because he just hasn't played enough games. And that very well may be the reason why he ultimately isn't in this conversation because he might just not play enough games in general. Um, but uh, he's been different this this season, and uh, I've really loved to see that. What about you? I think I think Giannis is going to find his way all the way up to number two on my list at some point. If I were to guess, that's why I had him. It's like a little forward looking. I just feel like. I know we just did the whole no one's going to catch Jokic. I still think that. But I do kind of feel like this season was the like Giannis-Jokic heavyweight fight waiting to happen. And um, I, I hope I, you're right. Like he I, was both of our MVP choices. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think it's I think it's time. We need some real Giannis-Jokic like heavyweight. I want some good yeah. regular season games. Obviously, they can't meet in the in-season tournament final. But like, I don't know. A Bucks-Nuggets finals would just. It'd be like the defining finals of the 2020s, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at least for like a one-on-one. I yeah, don't like. I would, feel like the 2016 finals, the LeBron Steph one. That's like the defining finals of the 2010s. And mm-hmm. I feel like if we got a Bucks Nuggets, that would be like the defining like yeah. finals of the decade. We. Uh, I just realized we didn't make in-season tournament MVP picks. I mean, I'm assuming we're just choosing whoever the best player on our team is. Who's a Who's a long shot? that you would you would throw some money at well since i have the kings going to the finals i box yeah yeah that's yeah. that's who i was gonna say also brunson brunson's been super super awesome yeah to start this season like he's obviously not like a mvp candidate but i think he's a guy who could get insanely hot over these next three games and like put himself in that conversation all right, we, we're, we're, we're losing it. Um, Patrick and I are both running on no sleep today. So I hope you all have a good one. We'll talk hoops next week and have some happy holidays. It's December. Woo! Peace.